Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Welcome to another podcast on a Wednesday where we drink wine. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we're here for it. Um, we're three girls with six wines in front of us for tasting. Uh, this is what a, a difference. I was right? just about to say that. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had just six. <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> Who are these people? Who are we? <laughs> what have you done with my friends? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so today's theme is a departure from where we normally are. And we decided that given that it's Women's History Month, we would celebrate women in wine. So cheers to women in wine. We're cheers. super excited for this. Yes. Cheers, very much. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to all of you. Yep. So we are three ladies uh, who are transplants to the South who bonded over wine. Each of us normally brings two wines minimum to smell, taste, and talk about. Usually our price point is 15 or under. We just decided that $15 or under was the amount of money we'd like to pay for a bottle of wine to chug a lug in a closet while crying on a Wednesday. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, I'm not crying on a Wednesday. We don't do that. <laughs> no. We just chug it in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but today, uh, because we did have a very fun theme, we decided to go above $15. Some of us went very much above. Some of us stayed around. Don't it. judge. Never. Not judging. But it's always you. Just saying. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) I am. But we love you and we appreciate it. And we're super excited because we feel like we are supporting women in wine, which is what we love. Exactly it. None of us are sommeliers. We just like drinking and learning about the wine we're drinking. And we appreciate a nicely priced bottle of wine on Wednesday and each other's company. It's perfect. I love it. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can follow us on Instagram, three girls, six wines, number three, number six, where we'll post the wines that we're tasting um, along with some thoughts for the week. So feel free to DM us any questions or requests. We're here for you. Uh, And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm Yasmeen, wine drinker by night, engineer by day, and homeowner and mass ant killer. (laughs) <laughs> on the weekend <laughs> like meh so many ants. the choice of home ownership oh right God. yeah mm. they say yes. you should yeah and i then feel you like do and then you go mm. i said why so yesterday i was sitting down in my <laughs> rocking chair and the rocking chair candace gave me thank you <laughs> you're very welcome and all of a sudden i just hear this loud ticking sound that's annoying yeah and so it would go and then it would stop and so I recorded it and played it for the husband. <laughs> so you didn't search for where it might well, be. Well, I knew it was somewhere in the chimney. And oh. then I, he was in the garage working out and I sent it to him. And then he comes bursting through the door and slams the door. And I'm pretty sure he scared whatever critter was in there out. <gasps> so like mission accomplished in getting rid of the ticking sound. But it was so odd. It sounded like a really loud ticking clock. It was oh, really strange. That's yucky. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't like those. That's that reminds me of um, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Do you have a heart in your? <laughs> Great. Evermore. Yeah, the beating heart in the floor. Evermore. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Awesome. Super loud about it. Sorry. Yay! Homeownership. The Yay! The best. It is. It's good. It'll be good. Yeah. I like being able to do all the projects and yes. not have to run anything by anybody. Yeah. Or be worried about repainting it or removing it or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, because the next people who buy it, they have to take it basically as is. They do. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Who are you guys? So <laughs> no, I, am, I am <laughs> Tiffany. Uh, I, you know, I just drink wine. I like it. Love it. Uh, like drinking it with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, my family doesn't really drink it. So I just drink it with you guys. Um, and that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. I'm here I, for it. Uh, here. It's yeah. Wednesday. We that's, can do that. Right? That's all I am at the moment. <laughs> all good. Yeah. All good. Okay. I'm Candace, mommy of two, and uh, DIYer. And oh, I was a gardener this week. Awesome. I don't know if y'all noticed my amazingly impeccable looking garden or the flower beds out in the front yard. It didn't because oh. it was dark. I know. And it was all black Sorry. mulch anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but I, Trick question. <laughs> Trick question. Yeah, thanks. But the everything, I can't wait. Oh, and the kids and I, we actually, we got the little egg cartons and we filled it up with dirt. And then we planted all the Are little seeds. seeds? And nice. some of them have already started to like grow. It's amazing, right? I know. That's we planted like them like fun. four days ago. Super what, did, what, did you, what seedlings are they? Are they fruit? Are no. they strawberries again? No, because the strawberries are taking over like that front flower bed. Yeah. Um, so no more strawberries. Um, the poor bush in that corner is going to have to fight for its space. <laughs> but um, no, we didn't do any fruits and vegetables, mostly because I need to put in some gardening boxes. Mm. The, the raised beds. Yeah, the raised beds, mostly because the soil here is so acidic. It's, yeah. And, well, and it's, and clay. it's clay. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't garden very well so we just did flowers Mm -hmm. so we had like cosmos and i don't remember (laughs) they're beautiful things yeah Yeah. they are (laughs) it'll be beautiful the little lady she's the one that she picked out all the flowers good that's so nice we planted all of them and then i read the instructions later after we planted them i was like oh one of these we should have planted like six months ago oh but that's okay that's okay it doesn't matter they're starters (laughs) yeah Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's me, Candace. <laughs> Yay. Well, um, I don't really have any super fun facts. I guess I'll preface this with um, it's obviously hard to find a lot of wines readily available to get that feature females extremely prominently. Yes. So our wines, our criteria for the week were Obviously, female winemakers, uh, co-founded, co-owned by females, all female-owned, or females in um, kind of C-level positions is what we were looking for when we picked our wines for the week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. So and if I-, I may, there were actually, uh, there is a great article uh, on winemag.com. Mm-hmm. And it's meet 10 trailblazing women leading the wine industry forward. And I think it's a great one. It's kind of a little slideshow with little kind of bios of each woman that they've featured. And then asked about challenges that they've had within their workplace, jobs, past, whatever it might be within the wine industry Mm -hmm. um, when it came to, because it is a male-dominated industry. Yeah. And so they've kind of outlined the challenges they've had. Some were actually very positive and said, oh, not really too bad, but, you know, and it was more or less 
outside of their workplace that they would have people come in asking for the winemaker and almost didn't believe that it was a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so just funny little Classic. things like that where they're like, I kept telling them I was the winemaker and they kept going, can we speak to the head winemaker? <laughs> She's like, that's me. Yeah, so, what part of this aren't we understanding? Right, right. So I find that very fascinating because I, in my past, I had dealt with moments like that where you're just like, but really, you can talk to me. Like, that That's happened to me, I'm too. I'm going to make the decision, so yeah. talk to me. My favorite so, was my coworker. Right. He stood up for me and was like, actually, that's, you need to talk to her. Right. <laughs> she can help you. I, I can't. I can't. Right, right. So. It is. It's, I hopefully, and I know it, it with the past however many since, the Time's Up and Me Too started up until now. I think things are, I think they'll change for the positive because I think yeah. men will realize that we aren't just secretaries, <laughs> if I can say the word out loud. That's in quotes and I'm not saying it as it's a thing. <laughs> That's a past word that we don't like anymore, but you know what I mean. Please don't yeah. cancel us. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just starting. No. No. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, and we have to remain positive. Mm-hmm. So the my favorite quote from someone from this past month was um there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Oh, well. Yeah. And it's I true. firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to talk about women in wine. Who knows? We'll probably we might do this every month or every other month. Yeah. Just because we can. Yes, yeah, there you absolutely. go. There, done and done. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also that thing which has been all over social media about empowered women empower women. Yep, yep. So that's another one too. And I just there's it should we should not be in competition with each other. No, no. to the point no. where we don't help each other. Yeah, so that's why there's a yeah. special place in hell for people like that. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So first wine. Need wine <laughs> after this grim talk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is, uh, Casina Chico. Um, it's a nickname, uh, that was given, uh, to the grandfather and it has been passed down from generation to generation. This one, actually, I couldn't find that it was, had like a whole lot of women in predominant places, mm-hmm. but it is a family owned and operated okay. vineyard. So, and the women are all heavily involved in it. I mm-hmm. just couldn't figure out where, but they are. Okay. <laughs> this is, as well, far as I know. It's a plus. Yes. Um, so, I had never heard of this wine wine before until like a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, um, the, it's the Arnis, Arnie. How did you tell me it's pronounced? Arne. Arne. I... Yeah. And now I'm looking at the bottle. I literally have no idea. Well, it's spelled, it's spelled differently. The grape. The grape. The grape. Oh. So Arne is, is capable of um, borrowing from uh, peculiar flavors and aromas. Um, so it has a very smooth texture with a fantastic structure. Um, it's very approachable to many palates. Um, it has notes of... Apple, apricot, and pear, citrus, grapefruit, lime, minerals, stone, honey. So, it's pretty clear. It's yeah, really very, clear. Yeah, very light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing some good legs on there. What's the alcohol? Twelve and a half percent. Okay, that seems about right. Um, 
on the nose, it smells like an interesting California kind of wine, but it's not California. It's Italy. I know this. It's Italy. Yeah. But it's got that like white wine in an oak barrel smell to me. And I don't know if I'm just having an off day where I just want to hate on oak aged things. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit of a mineral sm- um, aroma for me. Like I wouldn't say oaky, it's, but it's different. You know what it smells a little bit like? It smells a little um, like when you go into a hairdresser where they do a lot of perms and stuff. Yeah. I'm not calling The ladies with the blue hair. But it kind of has it. Yeah, that. No, like, I get it, it reminds me of the hairdresser. Well, because I the used new perm to. solution has a scent that they put in it. So it doesn't oh. smell like perm solution. Mm-hmm. So that's why it smells yeah. like yeah. where. I get it. This, yeah. I can, I can, I can see that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I like the way it tastes, though. I would say it does have a very interesting, smooth structure to it. It's not that it's harsh on the tongue. It's like a velvet pillow on your tongue almost or something. Wow. That's fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting on velvet chairs, so. I mean, it's <laughs> very, uh, it's approachable for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. This one to me would definitely because it is so light. I you don't need food with it. Mm-mm. This is one you definitely could just drink on the beach. I don't yep. know if I would drink it. You know what? It's not heavy. I feel like this. It's heavier than a normal white I drink on a beach. I would say this is a winter white for me. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a winter white. It's because of the viscosity, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Yeah. But also, it just, it's, I'm not getting a lot of crisp, refreshing fruits. Like for me, I want to drink this and then also drink my Liquid Death spicy water. Uh. <laughs> also, by the way, Liquid Death water. sparkling water is pretty good for those of you listening. Yeah. Yes. You everyone should try it. Unofficial sponsor at Whole Foods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. So it just, for me, it's like a winter white. It's interesting. It's a it's a huge departure from any white that I would willingly choose. I went in and bought wines and walked out with two Vino Verdes and two Sauvignon Blancs. So. <laughs> if any, in my whole case, predict- predictable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I'd buy it. It's just if it was there, I would drink it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if somebody bought it and opened it and said, have some, I'd be like, sure. Why yeah. not? Like what we just did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I wouldn't call this, I, this wouldn't be a winter white. It, it wouldn't be full on summer, but like early summer for me. Mm. Where it's not terribly hot, but it's not cold either. Yeah. What was the price point on it? I don't know. You bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we just gave away the whole... Um, Yasmin did me a favor. (laughs) Okay, so I went into a wine store and went in for just five wines and walked out with a case. So sue me. (laughs) My gosh, yes. Never. Every single time. $21.50. $21.50. And, oh, I didn't realize it's from my favorite wine-producing region in Italy. She probably got me with that, actually. Probably. Read me like an open book. I'm a Piedmont girl. (laughs) She gets you every time. Bamboozled. Taken advantage of. Just kidding. I got wine, so we're fine. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about. Um, so my next wine is Wap- Wapisha. Wapisa. Wapisa Sauvignon Blanc. Um, it has. Hold on. 
distinctive, uh, vivid aromas and zesty acidity, um, a tangy and fresh white, uh, white with sliced lemons, green apples, and limes, hints of stone, medium body, dense and focused with intense acidity at the finish, a bright and focus. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, it's definitely a Sauvignon Blanc. Oh my God, I love it. And this. where is this from? Oh my God. Um, this is uh, Argentina. Patagonia. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it's, that cool? Yeah. And this one, uh, so to give you a little, um, so the the owner, Patricia Fruler Ortiz, um, she was a doctor and she went to um, a winery and was, she's like, it was life changing for me. And so she went back to school. She learned all she could about winemaking. It uh, completely changed the course of her career. And the first vineyard she bought was um, actually from Kendall Jackson. And from there, she just went on. I think they own like three other labels. Man, I hmm, I love this. Yeah, it is very good because it's not. And don't hate me, New Zealanders, if you listen. I just I'm kind of over Australian and New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not. I don't want to have them anymore. Right I love now. you guys. I will still drink them. <laughs> I think this is. I don't like them. It's such a smooth, laid back, not in your face Sauv Blanc. It's really light again. It doesn't have extreme grapefruit for me, which right. I appreciate. You're not getting a lot of that grass. You do get some floral notes on the nose, but I mm-hmm. didn't have any of them come through in the wine. Right. And it's, man, is this amazing. <laughs> well, I feel like it It definitely does not attack my salivaries like a lot of Sauvignon Blancs do where you yeah. have a taste and all of a sudden your mouth is watering and you're trying to swallow, you know, it's like swallow mm-hmm. all the juice. you can't, It yeah, so you're... So it's not hanging out in my mouth like that. I do like that it's um, it's very clean. It is. I get a lot of the lime. the The nose for Ooh. me, the lime is in there. Usually, the pe- usually I feel like Sauv Blancs call out lime. I don't get a lot yeah. of it, and I feel like this one you yeah. do get more of that nice lime in there. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Yeah, it's like I can definitely taste the lime. For me, this would be a definite summer wine this is so good i want to buy a bottle and have devin taste it Mm. Mm, devin would love it yeah yeah i think she she would would. how much i say it was it was um 1850 yeah i think so yeah yeah 1850 and it was a apv of 13 percent okay all right so on to Mine that Yasmin also purchased for me, <laughs> but paid her back. It's fine. Uh, this is from Stoller Vineyards, which is in Oregon. Uh, this is out of uh, Willamette Valley. Uh, it's a 2020 out of the family estate, and this is from Pinot Noir Grapes. Um, so the great thing about this is the Stoller family estate uh, it, the property was established in 1943, um, but the vineyard did not start until 50 years later. So over the last, they say about 25 years, they've transformed 400 acres into the vineyard that they now 
uh, harvester grapes from in Oregon's Dundee Hills. Hmm. Um, their winemaker was actually part of the article that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Her name is Melissa Burr, and she's vice president of winemaking at Stoller. And funny enough, she also she intended to be a um, naturopathic uh, doctor, essentially, or you know, practicing naturopathic medicine until she figured out wine was her passion. And another funny thing, the winemaker, Kate Payne Brown, also wanted to be an optometrist oh, <laughs> and oh. then ended up becoming um, a, a winemaker. After graduating, she also was kind of taken in by wine. And um, I think there was someone else. I'll, I'll call out a lot of the women because they, they have a lot of women um, that are in either kind of somewhat executive roles or are decision makers within the winery. So they have a viticulturist, Erica Miller, Vice President of Consumer Sales, Tracy Timmons, Marketing Director, Jenna LaCroix, uh, Training and Recruitment, Sunny Armstrong, Director of Customer Relations, Shani Hodge, Communications Director, Michelle Kaufman, Event Coordinator, Eileen McCartan, and Master Gardener, Corinne Gosnell, or Gosnell, not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Please contact us for correct um, pronunciation. Yes. So we can have um, girl over you. Right. Uh, but Corinne's, Corinne is the master gardener. I think that would be a super fun job because yeah. she just makes the whole estate look beautiful. And she is very, um, what shall I say? She's into very sustainable, growing, beautiful landscapes. She uh, is also a preservationist. Preser- preservationist and is interested in living environment around uh, the winery, which also they are very sustainable and biodynamic in their farming as well. That sounded biodynamic to me. Yes. And so that's also something that I think is really fantastic. So is this a natural wine? So, no. It is, no. Okay. No. Um, No. So... No, or so natural... We'll have to get to that on the podcast and do natural wines because... That's one that is, um, how shall I say? It's funky. It is funky. So we'll, let's put that in the parking lot and come back to it. Yes. When we need to pick up our car after traveling. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so this Melissa Burr um, woman is really quite amazing. Um, she studied winemaking at Oregon State University, interned during harvest at several local wineries, within the Oregon area. Um, She worked for a winemaker at Cooper Mountain. Um, And in 2003, she joined Stoller Family Estate. Um, And she's helped grow production from 1,000 cases to 60,000 cases. Wow. That is Which I think is fantastic. Um, So anyway, she's she's very – she launched what they call history, and it's dedicated to paying homage to the historic vineyards in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and it's a collection of wines um, that basically tell the story of the area. And so I think that's really amazing. Um, so, and I, I to, and I, I, trust me, I love men because I love my husband. I love, like, I think they're great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're annoying at times, but they're great. Um, but women just, I think, bring something so different to the table. And I think it is that all-encompassing, like, big-picture thing where they want mm-hmm. to see everything 
in everything they do. Mm-hmm. And that that when she, when she's doing that kind of historic thing, I think that's really great because I just I don't know not to say that a man wouldn't, but I just feel like it's a nurturing kind of thing, mm-hmm. and women are good at that. So yes, they are. anyway, so about the wine. Sorry, I got off on a tangent, so please don't be upset with me. I think it's a beautiful color. Um, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, I've lost. It's a little darker than millennial pink. But it's like, I really like the color. But it's not yeah. copper. It's it do- not I don't, copper. It doesn't have like any a, copper in it's it. It's a really beautiful pink. Yeah. It is. Um, and now I can't find Well, I'll this. say what I get on the nose. Please I get do. Some I can't find it now. I'll cherry NyQuil oh, and um, a little hint of floral on the nose. I think it's really quite lovely. I don't know that I get the NyQuil part. I don't get the NyQuil. What? Then what do you call this? Not NyQuil? <laughs> Not, no. You so, saying generic brand NyQuil? Oh my goodness. Are you kidding right now? I don't get a medicinal flavor or smell off of it. All of a sudden, wow. I cannot find the wine that I'm looking for, and I looked it up. It smells it's missing. It's um, kind of an earthy floral for me. Okay. Did you see that? There's, yeah, I can see There's a little floral. bit of fruit that I'm getting, and I can't tell if it's strawberry Oh, do you know what I would I like springtime when everything is starting to bloom, like all your fruits are starting to bloom. That's what I'm smelling. Mm. I was going to say like maraschino cherry, but not like fancy maraschino cherry. No, is there such a thing? Either. No, no. <laughs> I don't I don't eat maraschino cherries. I don't either. But I just imagine that this is what it smells like. No, I don't know. I have a vivid imagination. You do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this one. Here it is. Sorry. I'm sorry it took me. Um, so this has been, let's see, blah, blah, aromatics of ripe stone fruit and strawberry. Oh, Displays flavors mm-hmm. of watermelon and key lime with a mouth-watering acidity, which I'm actually yes. getting right now. Yeah, a lot of it. I'm having a hard time. I know. <laughs> because That's my right. mouth is literally watering. I'm enjoying um, it. Lingering notes of mil- minerality on the finish will draw you back for another sip. And so this is fermented in stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I think it's really nice. Yeah. It does make my mouth water like crazy, though, I will say, which is kind of one of the things that I don't like about Sauvignon Blanc. But I don't know. This is so pleasant that I'm not. It's it's nice. I like it. The smell throws me. Like the Well, if you're getting NyQuil, me. that's not good. And then... When I drink it, it smells different. Well, I do I do get NyQuil in a lot of the darker colored rosés. And you think this is dark? It's a darker colored rosé. <laughs> it's a it's a darker one. Like okay. I'm used to something a bit lighter. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I am like... getting a lot of strawberry on the nose, personally. Yeah. Almost I, like those freeze-dried ones. Oh yeah. I have some of those. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it reminds me of um, gardening, like when I'm out working mm. in my garden and I'm just like, and everything is freshly starting to bloom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that earthy smell, but also the flowers mixed in with that. That's what I'm getting. I'll take your word for it because I haven't experienced that. <clears throat> Next time I garden. Okay. 
Great. If you could just bottle the scent, because I don't think I'd personally like gardening. You don't have to garden to smell it. Great. I appreciate this. Right. You just sit and hang out with Candace. Drink a, yeah. drink a glass of wine and watch her. That's what uh, my assistant Penny did with me, except that she eventually got in there. I think she felt sorry for me. <laughs> I'll bring some with pizza. Yes, please do. Yeah. Okay, so this next one is mine. It's from Druin, Oregon, Ooh. and it's from Rose Rock. Um, or I think, sorry, Druin's the family, but it's from Oregon in the Willamette Valley uh, in the Dundee Hills. And it's from the same place as Stoller. Who yeah. We just tried. Yep. This is beautiful packaging. I know. I, I really love it. So um, this is... A Pinot Noir. So I think this is actually our first full Pinot Noir. Oh, I think you're right. Red Pinot Noir for the podcast, actually. Oh. Now that it might be. Yeah, I don't thing, know that Because we haven't done a Pinot Noir episode. <gasps> we haven't. I know. So this is our mm-hmm. first one. I'll have yep. to check the schedule. Yep. See when it's next up. Yeah. Yep. So um, so the reason I chose it is that, um, one, it has... The family has great history. So they came from... Uh, the Druin family back in Burgundy in 1880 over to the Willamette Valley and they established their winery and through the generations it's come down to um, the son and his wife so Philippe Druin and Véronique Bastruin sorry I've been pronouncing their names wrong who and so Véronique is actually the winemaker and she's a graduate in oniology which is um winemaking viticulture yeah and she did postgraduate work focused on pinot noir oh wow yep and so that is why i chose this wine um because of that and also i was excited for our first pinot noir and this is 14.1 abv bottle is 3250 and um the notes on this is savory and stony feel with a strong floral thread, as well as dark cherry and plum notes on the nose and palate. A sturdy texture, and it's composed of quite succulent tannins and a stony feel to the finish. There are succulent tannins, but I, it's really spicy. It's oh, got really? I like it. But when I first smelled it, it, it reminded me of um, a black forest cake. Mm, sure yeah mm-hmm. I, I like that's that was my first whiff but yeah it's very i really like it yeah i will say it's um kind of dark for a pinot noir it's beautiful yeah i i haven't had it yet i'm gonna yeah get in there i really enjoyed it i suddenly i'm really craving black forest cake <laughs> <laughs> i haven't had it. I love that's it. really nice yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very smooth I, I like that a lot and I don't know that I'm going to pour out any of it. No, I'm going to finish this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> this one. Kudos. That is. That is. That's really good. That is. I would I would buy this bottle again. Even and you though said it was how much? Thirty-two fifty. You know? Yeah. And for Yasmin to say that she'd buy it again. Yeah. I. This yeah. is incredible. And it's such a beautiful label. It is also it's a beautiful, beautiful label. Hats off to you, Veronique. Yeah. Merci bien. Yes. Oh, oui. Oui. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. French. Yes, it's got um, mm. 
it's got like a classic Pinot Noir smell. And I wonder if it's their old world roots just blossoming in the Willamette Valley. This is incredible. It's gorgeous. This is so good. Highly recommend. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to describe it more other than just this is absolutely amazing. And I highly recommend. Heaven on the tongue right there. (laughs) And chocolate cake. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Oh my gosh. I needed this. Yeah. And you got it. I think this is actually the first time that I've brought a wine that has been so loved. I think you might be right. (laughs) You are right. Actually. I was actually, I was, I was reviewing our Instagram account and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yes, me, yes, me. I haven't, a, I haven't had well, any great W. You know, you know, I think it has a lot to do with them digging in the discount bin. <laughs> yes. She's like, oh, it's four ninety nine, And we're oh, like, yay. There was the one that was the two buck chuck. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That was terrible. But you've redeemed <laughs> no, yourself completely. You said that my two ninety nine Chardonnay was not the worst Chardonnay of the well, night. Well, it wasn't. No, you're right. But <laughs> it wasn't. Nope. It, but it wasn't good. There you go. It wasn't good. It wasn't the worst. But it, it wasn't, wasn't good. Worst. We didn't want to spit it out immediately <laughs> like the two buck chuck, which I did not purchase. True. I did. All right. I'll own that All one. Right. Thank you. Yeah. All in right. retros- In retrospect, we probably should have tried to get the two buck chuck Chardonnay, though. Oh, God. No, I think we need to. I think we need to put a like minimum as well as the maximum on the price because I feel like after my two no. back check experience, I'm like I won't do that again. I feel like we need to. Okay, not, fine. Okay, yeah. so minimum threshold. So the cheapest Vino Verde <laughs> is six ninety nine. Great. Let's leave it there. Okay. 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 <laughs> you all heard it. You it's heard been it recorded. Here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like two back mm. check, then by all means. <clears throat> This is so delicious. Mm-hmm. It truly is. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. I'm finishing it. Me too. Did it say velvety tannins or like? I thought it did. Light tannin, not extreme tannin. I feel like I also get a small hint of chocolate on the back end. Yeah, which... totally. Dark chocolate. Like <sighs> the dark, dark, like the 85%. No? Yeah. Not the super dark cacao. Yeah, right. I'll take super dark, yeah. Okay. Now we're moving on to a very different line. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to follow it up. How with are this we going to do with this one? This is going to be interesting. Uh, at this point, I already know what all our perfect pours are. Yeah, yeah I kind of do too, actually. Um, okay, so this next one is also mine. It's called Castello di Volpaia, and it's a Chianti Classico. And the reason I chose this is that it comes from a winery. That was gifted to, so the whole family and the Volpaia estate kind of dates back to 1172, number one. Wow. Super cool. Super old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so the whole winemaking family, they've been in the business for a while. Obviously, they have a lot of estates. And so this wine in particular comes from an estate that was gifted to a woman, Giovanella, and her husband upon their marriage. And it was from Giovanella's father, Raffaello Stianti. And um, so he gifted her this That's medieval some village. some amazing names, by the way. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he gifted her a medieval village, which you can see on the bottle itself. And her and her husband decided to turn it into um, a whole winemaking operation. And they also wanted to preserve the village at the same time. So they used their vast wealth to remove the roofs of all the buildings and install state-of-the-art winemaking equipment and then replace the roofs. And now it's all produced in a medieval village. Wow. Using completely updated equipment. Very cool. So I thought that was really neat. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can find a whole bunch of information on the whole family and their estate. However... um, the actual notes on the wine itself are few and far between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the only note I have is vivid ruby red. The nose has evident notes of red fruit and hints of cherry on the pelt. The wine is smooth and good structured with a fruity aftertaste. So that says like, this is a red wine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's candy. And it, I mean, be, you know. But so what do you, what do you expect from a red a table Chianti wine. is just so red table wine mm-hmm. from Italy. So you're not yeah. expecting, you're not expecting something like a Cab Sav where you're getting a lot of oak and tannins. You're expecting something more old world, fruity. And you said your husband really likes this one. Yeah. It is very old world, but this one I do feel has a good tannic structure. It does? Yeah, mm-hmm. despite okay. it being fruity. Okay. Uh, I actually tasted this one last week, and we had opened it with the Coravan. So it had been sitting, and then uh, the husband opened it last night uh-huh. and had somebody really liked it. He drank half the bottle by himself. Mm-hmm. So he liked it. Can I say that the nose smells so. like raspberry jam totally. with chocolate mixed in? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful And nose. that's amazing. And mm-hmm. so the percent is 14 and price point that I got it for was twenty three fifty. I even get a little bit of dried fruit and I'm not sure if it's fig or raisin, but there's something like dried that's like that real and it could be the jammy in part. In the nose? Yeah. I also want to say um, dried cherries. Mm-hmm. There's something sour in there for me. Sour. I'm, yeah, like okay. it's causing my tongue to kind of curl in on itself. Ew. Not in a bad way. It's okay. just like I love, I like that sour could be things, the tans. but it could be. Mm-hmm. The tans are really drying out my tongue. Mm-hmm. This is more tannic than I would have expected, actually. Yeah. A yeah. lot more tannic. It's good. But it's a good, I and mean. And it's not in yeah. like. It's odd because I'm used to like an oak tannin, whereas this is more like a sour, fruity mm-hmm, tannin, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of unusual for me. I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate it either. Am I as in love with it I as it. I am the Rose Rock? No. <laughs> no, me either. And I have some of this at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to finish my glass still. So oh, that's what do. <laughs> so the next one is from... Uh, and I, I could be saying this improperly, which, again, someone correct me. It's either Peju or Piju, P-E-J-U, Napa Valley, California. Uh, this was founded by Tony, Pe- and I'm just going to say Peju because I feel like that might be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up near the Caspian Sea and oh. traveled all through Europe and later moved to L.A. in 1960. Um Met his wife, or met his wife, married her, and her name was Herta. She's from Venezuela. 
um, and they call her HB. Um, anyway, now um, I'm not sure, kind of reading up on this whole thing, I'm not sure. I think Tony still is just founder and owner. I'm not sure how involved he is. I'm sure he has say in whatever. Um, but his daughters really are kind of running the whole operation. His wife is very involved in the gardens. So like I was saying before from uh, Stoller, HB is kind of the same as the... Um, Corinne Gosling. Yeah. So she makes sure, and they have a lot of really beautiful um, sculptures around their gardens as well. So mm-hmm. if you do look up their website, which is peju.com, um, you can actually go and it will show you all the different, and it's a lot of women and meetings behind who those women are and what they represent. It's actually very beautiful. Does she make the sculptures so. herself? No. Okay. No. It's, so like, it's local artists and stuff? We assume. We assume. Great. I'm going yes. To assume yes. But Tony part. is very much an art lover. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's kind of brought in those fountains and sculptures and all those different things mm-hmm. just because he is a lover of art and whatever. But anyway, the daughters, we have Lisa and Ariana. And um, Lisa, she now basically is in chart. Is everything okay? Was that me? Oh. No. <laughs> um, anyway, she's kind of in charge of being the face of the winery all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because they also own a winery in um, Carneros. Ariana, on the other hand, um, she has kind of brought the winery into the 21st century. Um, she um, has installed 720 solar power panels um, spreading over 10,000 square feet of the winery on the roof. Uh, they provide 35% of the winery's engi- energy today. Um, and she's actually directing the transition into other programs that are energy efficient, um, including light bulbs, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly cleaning products, recyclable packaging, biodegradable shipping materials, um, and is doing the same thing at their winery in Carneros. Um, and so anyway, she's, she is really taking the winery into kind of that next generation of being very responsible when it comes to, um, just running things, being friendly to the environment, the climate and the winery. I like it. Um, working towards biodynamic. Exactly. And so they've actually received green certification. Um, they are very environmentally conscious uh, they don't. They avoid synthetic fertilizers, pesticides, and plant growth regulators. Um, so they are very um, aware, which I think is nice. Um, they also have a woman um, who is vice president of winemaking and operations. Her name is Sarah Fowler, um, and she has all kinds of amazing awards and things that are you know associated with her name. Um, and she is the vice president of winemaking for both the winery in California and in Carneros. So, Carneros is in California. No, it's not. It's an AVA, American. Um, I also found a Carneros in Brazil. <laughs> so this is 2017. Ooh, sorry. Uh, it opens with herbaceous notes of thyme, oregano, white and green peppercorn, and subtle earthy notes of forest floor. Tart Rainier cherries and wild strawberries enter the palate and are 
accompanied with notes of roasted vanilla bean and freshly baked creme brulee. Soft tannins add to the ease of this wine, making it approachable now and age-worthy for the next five to eight years. Ooh. Its composition is actually 85% Cab Franc, mm-hmm. 15% Cabernet Sauvignon. So that's meeting the 75% right. requirement to be recalled a Cab Franc. Right. French and American oak, 40% new. It's aged 18 months, and it's 15.1 ABB. So. And I feel like I shouldn't be on this podcast anymore. Whatever. You know more about wine than I do. <laughs> Same. Um, so actually, now that you ring this up, so it says aged 18 months yes. in oak. However, it says 2017 on the bottle. And this may yes. be a question that we'll, we'll Google and we'll, we'll answer later. Well, 18 months. So there, I mean, well. So it, that's my question. Was it that it was the 2017 harvest and then it was aged 18 months and now it's being released? Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Just so everyone knows, yeah. this is how you read a wine label. Yes. The year that's on there is the year your grapes were picked. Yes. Oh, I didn't know yes. that. Yes. Because that also takes you back. You can look up climate. Mm. And so that will tell you, oh, it was a very wet season. It was hot. It was cold. It was what? Oh, my gosh. That's why 2020 is going to be interesting for Napa Valley. And that's exactly yeah. what Because of I'm, the fires. That's exactly why, like, oh, my smoking. God, it, which is we should have, we should, well, I don't know if we want to buy another one of these bottles. I don't know if you told them the price. Oh, well, so our price was seventy three ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Because Tiffany always goes way above and beyond the fifteen dollars. No, but this, it, but it's, it's we're delicious. supporting. It's, it's all about your. We're supporting HB. It's all you. Well, no, and Lisa and, and Lisa. Ariana and Tony. Tony's cute. If you look up the website, he's cute. Mm. <laughs> I like him. But so what I was thinking was, it'd be cool to get a bottle from twenty seventeen. Get a oh. bottle from 2019 and then get a bottle from 2020. And we do a vertical tasting. That would be amazing. We need to get this sorted. I think right. so. Afterwards, yeah. we'll figure this out. Maybe not Peju specifically, but the, I think they'll probably start releasing the 2020 vintage, probably late 2021, then 2022. Uh, so we on the well, we'll right? have to see. Be, yeah, we'll have to see because they'll start harvesting late. It'll be like September-ish, right? For 2020, because there was an article today, which, oh God, see, this, I read too much, so I get it all just. I'm like, going to start reaching out to our, um, so the wine wineries um, that are following us. Yeah. And ask them. Ask them just for notes on vertical tasting. I think it was yeah. Wine, wine Spectator, actually. It was on their Instagram today. They were saying things are, you know, they're starting to see the effects because now, you know, it's spring so Mm -hmm. things are starting to like come about like things are actually blooming and so um they were just saying we'll have to see now people will be able to say what the effects have been so i had thought that with the fires being in the summer and that being during growing season everything that was harvested last fall 2020 like september like august september october that harvest would be very impacted by the smoke because that's when your grapes are growing, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to it research kind this. of, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to look because I, I think a lot of this right now is going to be a lot of speculation so we can. 
What? I'm gonna, I speculate. I, I am going to table this conversation for later. So this here. is when we do need a sommelier to come on the okay. <laughs> So here's, here is where, so Wine Spectator today on their Instagram said, six months after wildfires tore through California wine country, we still don't know the cost to the 2020 vintage. Mm-hmm. With vintners still assessing how much fruit suffered smoke taint, the impact is only just now coming into focus. So, so that so, is correct then that the 2020 vintages are going to most likely be smokier, but they might not even release the wine from 2020 because it could be too smoked. That's what I. Well, took I from think this that I article. think the releases will be like small to none, and that's what I'm saying right. is right. they might not even release. If it's too smoked. So if you go on winespectator.com, there is an article and it says, how did 2020's wildfires impact California wine? And that's the title of the article written by Aaron Romano. And there's a whole thing. And it's a long article and I haven't read it yet. Um, But it'll tell us. So this is the follow-up. Yeah. So we're going to, we are going to get our butts in gear and figure out vertical tasting because I really want to try a smoky. Yeah. I want to try it. I think and really Tiffany is going to take a geography class of the state <laughs> that she actually grew up in. So, um, <laughs> perfect pours. <laughs> so that was amazing. Rose Rock. I I'm totally on board with Rose Rock. I'm, all, I'm so here yeah. for. It. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Here all for it. You won. Stop. Except for assistant. Big win. Like the Rose Rock. Yeah. So. All right. So last pour. Let's pour. Last pour, and then we'll cheers to women in wine. Yes, because there are tons. And I do have to call out, by the way, Staglin Family Vineyards in uh, Napa. Mm -hmm. Um, They do so much for, well, in a philanthropy way for lots of things. And they're great. And they did a whole Instagram thing calling out all the women that work for them. And they're a really great winery. And I know... Shannon, who is part of the family, and she's a very fabulous woman. So I just want to call them out because they did a great job with Women's History Month. I would love to. It's do just her a wine tasting. was a little more than seventy dollars for us to try to. Just kidding! I don't want to do a tasting of the wine. <laughs> well, no, we should at some Shannon. point. We should. <laughs> we we should. should at some point. Okay. All yeah, because right. they're beautiful. Well, cheers, cheers to cheers. wine. Cheers. <laughs> 